here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back to season two of the Brit Rest Roundtable, um, because we totally planned to take that hiatus, and it wasn't us just forgetting to record for a bit and then going, you know what, if we're going to leave it, we'll leave it a bit, little bit, come back with the Britties. But that's what we're doing, we're coming back with our year-end awards, it's not the end of 2017 anymore, but uh, we're coming back with our awards for 2017, there's going to be lots of debates, lots of arguing hopefully, because that's that's what you come um and yeah we're overall we're going to be trying to change up the format of the brit rest round table a little bit i think um we ended up a little bit too much for too many shows just running down cards getting bogged down in mid cards where we had no strong thoughts we're going to try and change it have a bit more discussion and a bit less just running through cards from the the future onwards and uh that should hopefully kick off with this episode um so after this one, you'll be able to let us know how much you hate it or hopefully like <laughs> it. Um, I am Rob Reed. I've left it a minute in to uh, to say that. Um, and I'm joined by Ollie Court. Hello. And Arnold Furious. Hello, Rob. <laughs> the full the full three of us back together. It's very exciting. Inspirational. Well, you, um, you need I three lo- people for the year ender because there has to be a tiebreaker. There, there yeah. does. There does. And, uh, I assume there will be lots of arguing and tie-breaking and <laughs> feelings getting hurt on the show. I, I look <laughs> forward to falling out with the both of you over the next <laughs> hour or so. Um, that's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, I don't know if you guys, um, you probably don't listen to We Don't Know Wrestling, but their year-end awards took eight hours. <laughs> hopefully we're not going to go quite that long but uh, in between we... those two numbers <laughs> yeah i i imagine so i imagine so um so i guess t- to start with we'll uh we'll run through all the categories we're going to be doing um we've got we, we split them into three categories um or like three sections uh first off category c where we'll just be deciding a winner so hopefully they should fly by uh, I say that we'll probably be like two hours into the podcast by the time we finish them and then realise we've got to go on to the longer ones. But uh, yeah, so for that, we're doing Breakout Performer, uh, Tag Team of the Year, Show of the Year, Feud of the Year, Woman's Wrestler of the Year, Character of the Year, and Best Import. 
um, didn't quite fit that in with the of the year pattern there, but oh well. Mm -hmm. um, then for the section B, um, we've got three categories where we're going to try to make a consensus top three. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so for that, we've got promotion of the year and then um, our two wrestler of the year ones, European wrestler of the year, which will be um, the best wrestler who is European, so counting their work worldwide, and then best in Europe award, which is the wrestler who did the best work in Europe over the course of 2017. Um, so that will count guys like Riddle, who was over here all the time, uh, Travis Banks, who you know is based in the UK this year, um, that sort. So that's the distinction there. And then finally, for category A, um, the one I imagine there'll be the most debate over, uh, match of the year. Um, we're going to be putting together a top five between the three of us. Um, and yeah, I think... That's that's all of them. So when you put it like that, it shouldn't take too long. But uh, mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see how we'll off the rails it gets. We'll we'll start with um, breakout performer. So the um, the uh, what's the word? Is it the... breakout? Is no. It, is it um, performer? No. There's <laughs> like the. I'm out of guesses, Rob. The the things that define the category. Um, the the word is escaping <laughs> me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, don't worry. I'll I'll remember it in like two hours and edit it <laughs> later. Um, it'll be a very strange jump cut. Um, so basically, they qualify. The qualifiers. We'll go with the that's qualifiers. A, that's a good word. Uh, I don't think it was quite what I was looking for, but you know. Um, We'll, we'll move on so we don't spend four hours me trying to search for a word. Um, so to qualify for Breakout Former, you had to have made your debut on a chapter show in 2017 or a York Hall show or a WXW tournament or one of the ICW Big Four shows. Um, those being Fear and Loathing, uh, Shug's Weekender, uh, Barramania and Square Go. So if they'd appeared on one of them before uh, 2017, then they weren't eligible for this one. Um, so this one took quite a lot of cage match research. The past winners of this award, the first year we did it, Mark Haskins got it. And the second year, Pete Dunne got it. So um, I think we've done a pretty good job of predicting who's going to be the top talent, really, with those two names. Definitely. Right, so i've spoken for a long time already so do you guys want to throw any names out for this uh for consideration here uh Arne, do you want to go first I, I found this incredibly difficult because everyone i thought of uh had already been on one of the big shows and it was it wasn't until uh, uh rob said jordan devlin that i was like holy shit he's come a long way in the last 12 months like literally, he wasn't anywhere apart from OTT and like regional Irish promotions until 2017, and then he just exploded and he was everywhere. And everyone else I could think of had already been on uh, either a chapter show or uh, your call or somewhere else. So uh, uh, Chris Brooks mm. was the other one that I thought about, but uh, he's been in WXW in a tag league. So, so it looks like Jordan Devlin. Yeah, yeah, Devlin's the uh, clear standout for me here. Um, the only other name I, I thought of that should be at least up for consideration was probably Kid Lycos. Um, but I don't think he's had quite the same level of year as Devlin. Um, a lot of injuries as well. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's struggled with that unfortunately. Mm. Um, but I think Devlin's very much a worthy uh, winner, even if um, the competition wasn't too heavy this year. Um, I think he's in terms of like promotions with aces, um, which is isn't really a huge thing in, through most of Europe. But um, he has definitely become the ace of OTT, and he's taken that mantle and absolutely nailed it this year. Like, I think every as soon as he's like found the import killer gimmick and started going with it, it's it's just been perfect for him because he's been having great match after great match. O, all the OTT fans have really got behind him um, as kind of the you know, the very real criticisms that uh, OTT sometimes gets in that they, they bring in too many imports and don't focus enough on the Irish talent. He kind of managed to harness that over there, um, harness that kind of Irish groundswell of support there. Um, and I just think he's had a, a tremendous year. Um, like um, At the start of the year, he was in that WWE UK thing and people legitimately thought he was bad. Because he had that that stinker of a match on on the first night uh, with I want to say Martin Stone, Danny Birch, WWE name, but like he had that really like drab match with loads of rest holds, and, and people legitimately thought he was a bad wrestler because they just hadn't seen him do the good stuff. They'd just see him in this match and go like, ah, oh, he's bad. And it's taken a long time for for some people to shake that that concept that he is bad, and he's not. He's fucking great. Yeah, it was a bad time to have his worst match, uh, like, have it be the most seen match of his life, and also lay an egg in it, but yeah, every time I've seen OTT, seen one of their shows this year, he has had one of the standout matches of the evening, um, and yet being Irish, being like the homegrown guy, um, and really stepping up to the plate this year. Uh, he is one of the names I got written down. Um, I did also put that I haven't decided between them, but I thought I'd lob this name at you to see what you guys thought of. And in fact, it's not really a name, but a tag team, uh, Aussie Open, potentially, um, because they just came out of nowhere, came over to Britain, had killer matches in Attack and OTT, got a good groundswell of support, and yeah, pretty much went everywhere after that. So what do you guys think about them? Do they challenge Devlin in your mind, or...? That's two good shouts, certainly. They're, they're, like Mark Davis in particular, I think, has been outstanding since he came over uh, from Australia because mm-hmm. he has that experience level and in uh, like a size and very uh, strong style of wrestling. Like he's uh, <laughs> this big bear that just smacks people around. Uh, Kyle's very, very young. Like he's what, 18? Uh, yeah, I think he just turned 18, I think. Yeah. That's good. So I didn't know that. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's scary how good he is for his age. Um, I think Davis has had the like the better year last year. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I, I would still give the edge to Devlin. I think. Um, mm. I think if you follow OTT, your opinion of Devlin is different to the, if you just have seen him in other places. But he's also been very good in uh, Fight Club Pro. So I've, I've seen him close and personal. That, that adds to his resume very well. Yeah, I think he's been good pretty much everywhere he's been, apart from, as you said, that UK tournament. Um, although, if I remember correctly, his second round match was actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it was more so the it booking. It was the booking of him in that first match was was quite deliberate to set him up as a like an established heel that he was just going to be booed going forward. So, I mean, that's not even his fault. Um, but yeah, as you say, he's been good everywhere, pretty much. And then in OTT, he's been absolutely amazing, especially if you've 
followed that story. I think the the more attention you've paid to that, as opposed to just dipping in, um, the better he comes off there. And even if you're just dipping in, he's had like 10 tremendous matches against a, a wide variety of imports. So um, I've, I really like Mark Davis. I've been very impressed by what I've seen, but I, I wouldn't quite put him on the same level as uh, yeah, Devlin that's this fair. year. I just thought I'd lob the name out, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we're all in agreement. That was relatively argument-free. I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> impressed. Uh, Jordan Devlin is our um, breakout performer of the year, of 2017. And look at what the other two guys did after they won it. It's like this is uh, kind of a tip of the hat to someone you really need to watch in 2018 because he's going to have a good year. Mm-hmm. Um... Next up, we've got Tag Team of the Year. Um, so this isn't um, just applying to European teams. Uh, it's any team who did work in Europe. It's basically whichever team did the best work in Europe. Uh, so the first year we did this, uh, the Sumerian Death Squad, um, we gave the, the win to. If I remember correctly, that was like it was pretty close between them and the London Riots that year. And then last, uh, 2016... Um, I wasn't actually on that award show, but I, you guys picked the leaders. But it, um, I remember a theme being that there really weren't any standout tag teams for that year, and leaders almost won by default in that they'd they'd have like four or five matches. They'd all been very good, but usually you wouldn't give um, a team that's only had four or five matches um, tag team of the year. But uh, the the field was so weak that year that uh, it got them. It's been um, a much stronger year. This yeah, <laughs> definitely. There's there's way more teams to choose from, and there's there's way more of a depth. I don't think the leaders as work in 2016 would sniff getting in for Tag Team of the Year this year. I suppose it would depend on how many matches they'd had over the course of the year, but uh, there's definitely been uh, more depth, better consistency. There's, there's even teams that I... Uh, I'd like to bring up two teams that I'm not going to give Tag Team of the Year to, but I think probably would have won it the year before. Uh, South Pacific Power Trip, because uh, they were only together for the first, what, five, six months of the year before uh, TK Cooper uh, broke his leg. Um, they were fantastic. Like, everything they did was was great. Um, but I wouldn't vote for them because they only had, like, a, a half a year run, whereas if it was 2016, they'd be right in the running. And also, there was two different incarnations of Ring Camp both of which were really great, but again, they were short runs as opposed to like the whole year. Mm. So those are two teams that I'd like to give shout-outs to, but I'm not voting for. The tag- yeah. Um, Ring Camp for me, like, if you could have like combined their two runs into one, <laughs> which we're not doing, I think they'd be a very, very strong contender. Probably oh, yeah, definitely. Um, because Volta has done tremendous work with both Dieter Jr. in the first few months of the year and then Thatcher later on. But uh, I do agree that neither team quite did enough on their own, but they're, they're both very strong contenders. Uh, my own personal vote in this category would go to Mustache Mountain. Um, we kind of said at the end of 2016 that we felt they were likely to win in 2017. And the only thing that... We- would possibly disqualify from uh, doing so is that they had a lot of six-man tags uh, where they had Pete Dunn involved as well. Um, but when they have been in straight-up tags, they've, they've all been really good. So um, that would be my shout. See, my thing for Mustache Mountain is I really haven't liked the British Strong Style six-man tags, so that really takes away from their case for me. 
Um, it, there, there have been a few that have been been good, but for the most part, they've they've just been so repetitive, consistently put in high profile spots, and for me, not really delivering. So I I, I can't get behind uh, them. Yeah, I'd be the same thing. Um, should I say who I am Go for putting it. behind for number one? Uh, Go for it. The CCK gentlemen uh, of Brooks and Lycos, uh, because they kind of came out of nowhere as well at the beginning of the year. They have a match in my top ten, which we'll get to later. Um, and yeah, just their characters and ability to <laughs> get themselves over was like a real boon at the start of the year. Um, obviously, they came on in progress, jumped on in their first match, got a huge reaction and one of the better moments of progress. Uh, this year, taking the titles off of Mustache Mountain, um, and that that was a real groundswell behind them. Just very likable pair. Again, off the back of their work in Attack and Fight Club Pro, they then went everywhere else. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's just been an exciting year. Obviously, unfortunately, the Lycos in- in- injury took away injuries. a lot of time. They could have injuries. Yeah, spent took away a lot of time. They could have had lots of good matches in. They lost their War Machine match in RevPro, um, which went to Brooks and Banks instead. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they're who I'm going for. Well, we uh, it's it's the second category, and we already have our freeway <laughs> first freeway split because oh, um, the team I had penciled down for this was the Kings of the North. Um, ah. So far, I've been very Irish heavy, so uh, I'm sure I'll have some support there from from that side of the the channel. Um, but yeah, I I really loved their work over in OTT all year. Um, I think they've they've beginning of the year they were doing tremendous heel work. They were having great matches against a variety of teams, and they were kind of holding that promotion together before the Jordan Devlin run really kicked off. And they've seamlessly transitioned across to faces um, in in the last few months. They they've really got the crowd behind them and. Um, Pretty much every match they have, I really enjoy. So, they were my uh, number one. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to split this. I think the <laughs> issue with uh, Kings of the North is they've not had anything successful outside of OTT. Uh, because they had that one match in progress, which was not very good. Where, when where I have CCK, seen OTT, they have been tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> with CCK, they've had good matches wherever they've gone. So, if I was going to hmm. lean one way or the other in terms of support it would be for them see i I haven't been a huge uh cck guy this year um like i i've actually for the most part preferred um the brooks and banks version but obviously i don't think they've had enough work because they only kind of team in in rev pro um Here's a thought. My number two for this was going to be Dieter Jr. and Volta. Where whereabouts would they have fallen for for you two? Uh, well, I would have gone with the <laughs> Walter Thatcher combination oh, actually. Okay, over I, the I'd, I'd have been fine with that either. I had them pretty very very close. I I had Walter and Thatcher number two and a very close number two as well to CCK. Uh, I had the the Volta Data Junior team. So, yeah, <laughs> like a, a number two. So I, you... I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna like break this tie. I'm gonna make an extra push for uh, CCK and say that uh, 
inflatable kid Lycos was also a star. So <laughs> in both his human and inflatable form, uh, they've been doing great stuff. See, I I think the South Pacific Power Trip match um, with um, Dita Junior and Volta, mm, yeah. and then the Hunter Brothers match as well. Yeah, they're true. they're two of my favourite matches from the whole year. Then they had some matches in WXW as well. I think they they had a match against Massive Product maybe, or was it Bailey and Simmons? I think it was Bailey and Simmons. Um, that, they, that, they also had a great match with Massive Product. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Where are like. How far behind um, were was the Dita Junior and Volta team for you, Ollie? Were they in contention uh, at all? They'd probably be man number three, to be honest. So would you be opposed to having them number one? Like I know they're like none of our number ones, yeah. but we're we're all neither none of us seem against it, and that might be the way we go yeah. for this one. I yeah, I'd be happy to consolidate our powers on that one, since we all liked them. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Are you fine with that? Yeah, I'm completely yeah. fine with that. <laughs> they they weren't they didn't have a long enough run really, but yeah, but they were great when it was going. So I got no issue with that. Yeah, a lot a lot of the tag teams this year had like really good like four or five months runs, and there's not yeah. really one team that was here consistently. The closest you get is maybe like Aussie Open, but they weren't here the first few months of the year, were <laughs> yeah, they? That's so, still only like a six-month run, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of quality tag team wrestling this year, but maybe not the the endurance of tag team wrestling. Lots of trios where they, they've kind of been split up in, in terms of tag team matches. But if, if we're all in, in agreement, we I'm happy to give the tag team of the year to uh, for 2017 to Ringkampf, Brackets, Volta, and ADJ. Let's do it. Cool. It's on the list. Uh, next up is show of the year. Um, the first year we completely forgot to do this, um, which I was quite surprised going back and listening to find out the the past winners. Uh-huh. Um, but but last year you gave it to High Stakes for 2016. Um, there was some talk of giving it to Infinity, but uh, I vetoed that. So no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you um. The way the podcast actually ended last time was, I don't think Arn had seen Infinity, and Ollie had seen no, Infinity, and Ollie was, was pushing hard. Yeah, we, we were oh. both there. So maybe you you wanted to watch it back or something, Arn? Because um, you were. I didn't know. So <laughs> this is a year ago. Let's move on. Uh, let's say it was high stakes um, because I was not happy about the Fight Club Pro bias <laughs> that occurred when I was not there. That they won promotion of the year when you'd only seen like four months of their content was was shocking stuff. And Trent Seven <laughs> winning wrestler of the year. We just Ooh. gave a tag team of the year to a guy who went, signed with <laughs> WWE in April. <laughs> <laughs> details, details. Um, <laughs> but as, as we've just covered, tag team of the year, it was lots of small steps. Wrestler of the year, different. Um, but yeah, um, last year it was high stakes. Um, I should say I am not a person who watches full shows very often at all, apart from A, when I'm reviewing a show, or B, when I'm there live. Um, so I don't have a strong opinion on this one, so I'm happy to lay out and yet let you two pick. And if you if you are tie break, um, if you are tied and, and can't um, make a decision between the two, I'm happy to break that tie. But other than that, um, the floor is yours. I'm going to let Ollie go first. <laughs> yeah, well, I have one that 
probably isn't going to get a lot of support from you guys, but I really enjoyed it on a personal level, and also in terms of it being a full show, it was spectacular, even if it was more than the sum of its parts, let's put it that way. And it is the British J-Cup uh, from July. That. <laughs> <laughs> because the the Liger run through that tournament was so fun, and that, that main event of him just lying on the outside, like, begging for support, and just getting kicked off the apron every time he got up there, and then finally winning it, and beating Josh Bodum in two minutes in his first round match. Just so much fun. Um, you know, it was it was a great time seeing everyone there, like, in the summer. Like, it's a good memory for me. Um, because it was a lot of fun. That building is hilarious, just how, like, fancy it is, and then grotty wrestling fans, and it was incredibly hot there and sweaty and gross, and just that, that that difference between the very fancy building and the very sweaty environment. Um, yeah. <laughs> In terms of, like, a show, that's the most fun I had at a show this year. So, that's my show of the year. I have a lot of ideas. Um, none of them are really... I don't feel really strongly about any of them. <clears throat> like, um, I loved uh, Night 2 and Night 3 of, of 16 Carat. I also love Night 2 and Night 3 of uh, Super Strong Style 16. Um, if I have to kind of pick a show, I think I'll probably go with uh, Progress Chapter 51. It's the one in uh, Birmingham that had the uh, Walter Riddle uh, rematch and War Machine and London Riots. Uh, both great matches. There was nothing bad on it and it was a great atmosphere. So... Uh, if I had to pick a show, it'd probably be that one. Uh, also, uh, DTTI, uh, Fight Club Pro, all three nights of that were great. Mm -hmm. I was having great difficulty singling out one, so I, thought, I was hoping somebody else would come in with a really strong take. If oh, I had to pick DJ one, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would have probably have said Progress Chapter Forty Five, which neither of you have mentioned. Um, <laughs> but that—that was the one with. Um, Osprey, Andrews, and then I think one of the Ring Camp tag team matches, I forget which one, it was either the Hunter Brothers or the South Pacific Power Trip, but I, I don't really have strong opinions either It was galvanised, wasn't it, in uh, Manchester? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. so. I think that was probably the Hunter Brothers one then. Um, I love both those matches, but as I said, I don't have super strong opinions. British Jacob, I was there. I I enjoyed it. It was a very good self-contained show, but like until you mentioned it there, Ollie, I hadn't even like I I hadn't even thought of it pretty much yeah. since I was there. <laughs> it was it was fun, but it I would have lent towards it being more of a fun show than a great show. Um, but wouldn't be totally opposed to it winning, but. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people preferred the Riddle uh, issue match on that show to me. Oh yeah. So maybe that, that's that why only, I'm a bit lower. That only bolsters the show. Uh, the Riddle issue sort of as the the exhibition match in between the tournament. Um, I also Alan reminded me of DT, D, DTTI Night One, which I really enjoyed. Um, that's probably my number two. Um, but yeah, those two progress chapters, both of them were very good. But like, I can't like differentiate in my mind between them because neither one of them were like particularly special see what i've seen of the dtti shows I, they didn't do too much for me but mm. yeah 
Um, fifteen pounds for that <laughs> VOD <laughs> or disqualifies it immediately. <laughs> do, do you have any strong thoughts on the uh, carrot? Um, which was the night with Volta versus Star on it? Uh, night That's one. Night one. Was that the one you said you weren't a big fan of? <laughs> um, to be honest, they were all good nights. Because I think that would be my favourite um, of the three, but like, it was the consistent the the quality was spread pretty well out over both of WXW's tournaments. Like over all three days on both of them, they all had quality shows each night, as opposed to like one night really standing out. So maybe they kind of struggle, uh, suffer there just through their consistency. Yeah. That seems like a common problem between Fight Club Pro Progress and the WXW carrot shows. Is none of them are particularly standing out, which is why I propose the BJ Cup because it stands out so clearly in my mind. See, usually, um, usually um, there's some York Hall show that really stands out, but yeah. I don't think there has been one this year. Not this year, no. Um, York Hall shows have been relatively weak. I think High Stakes would probably be my favourite of the bunch, but still, I wouldn't really throw it as uh, a show of the year contender. The Globe Awards UK show in Walthamstow was probably my favourite Rev Pro show of the year, but I'm not sure I'd throw it up there. Um, how about this? What do you think of Night 2 of the WWE UK special? It feels a bit Ooh. dirty to give it to that, but I, that was a very <laughs> strong show. <laughs> It was a, sh- a strong show. Uh, both uh, Dunn, Andrews, and the main event were really good. And yeah, it felt special. But It also, stands out in my mind. I, uh, why are we giving Vince a, an award? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think of it as giving Andrews, Dunn, Bate an award. Yeah. Like, that that's the show. Like, it's, it's something that that happened so early in the year, but that show's very much still in my mind, as opposed oh, to, yeah, like, definitely. the British J-Cup isn't and that that happened a bit later so i if maybe i'd be leaning towards that but i i don't mind if you you guys want to be yeah that. I'd, I'd also go for the um, that manchester uh progress show galvanize if the galvanize one yeah i, I like stuff on that show along with the mythical four and a half star flash morgan webster match the, which the definitely weird, didn't happen the weird part <laughs> about that uh, that show is we're talking about how great it was i can't remember what the main event was I think it was. I Pete think Dunn it was and... done. Havoc yeah. in the death match. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, we'll give it to yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with like the paper cuts and the lemon juice or something? Yeah. Hey, you brought it up, yeah. Rob. <laughs> what chapter fifty-one? No, this is uh, forty-five. Galvanize from like February or March oh, or something. Right. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten the main event of that show. So. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'd be happy with that if you guys are happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten <laughs> how good that lineup was until I started looking at it. So um, yeah. Progress chapter forty-five. It is. Um, I, I'm amazed that my choice ended up winning that, given that that's the category I care least about. Came <laughs> with no picks this... and still managed to pick that went that the winner. <laughs> There we go, right. These um, awards work in strange ways. I have a feeling I'm going to get real passionate later on and um, <laughs> get completely outvoted. Um, I definitely have a feeling that's what's going to happen with Match of the Year because I'm pretty sure you you two both have the same number one. Um, right, so Feud of the Year. 
Um, this is for in-ring and the overall story combined. Um, maybe it should be better called like story of the year, um, but whatever. Um, now, last year um, we gave this to Skirl Osprey for their kind of uh, cross-promotional storyline um, that you know I've actually continued all the way into this year within uh, New Japan. Um, my pick for this, um, ah, and my kind of my my thinking on this this category was what match um, ha- got the biggest emotional reaction out of me um, because of the story that happened, and then also as kind of a proviso, I wanted there to be a good logical story going in, um, and the two that stood out for me for that were David Starr versus Volta, um, which is you know a feud that's continued on from. Uh, 2016 all the way through 2017 and you know I'm I'd be very surprised if it was over that's that's something I imagine is going to stick around in WXW as long as those two are still in the promotion um that was my number two but my number one was um the Rev Pro storyline um between Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr because I was there wasn't a match I was as invested in because of the story um than their Global Wars UK match and I just remember being there live Arn rooting really strongly for, for Zach, me rooting yeah. super strongly for Osprey. <laughs> and I don't think I've been that invested in, in a match as I have anywhere else. The story was was really good. They kept it simple, but it, it was a wonderful story showing Osprey's progression um, as a wrestler, becoming more well-rounded in that he went from getting completely destroyed by Zack to being able to hang with him and just pick up a kind of a fluky victory. And then finally in the rubber match, um, he he um, specifically wrestled in a way where he wasn't doing the flips, he wasn't doing dives. He was showing that he had developed so much as a wrestler that he could go toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with Sabre. But even then he wasn't quite good enough because Sabre was just too good. Uh, and I love that story. They, it was simple, but uh, for me, um, it, it was the, the thing I got most invested in this year. We, we were both very invested in that. I think that's um, that's what kind of puts wrestling onto another level is when you get that kind of crowd support for both guys. So when we were having the like dueling chants and stuff going on, it, it felt very uh, like we were part of it. It's like... Um, it's like kind of like going to like a football match where all the, the fans are all mixed up. So everyone was like, there wasn't a section that was cheering for one guy and mm-hmm. a section that was cheering for the other. It was just that there were people everywhere. Like, like we were stood next to each other. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, for me, I think Feud of the Year, though, is uh, Volta and David Starr. Um, the way that started it's a similar kind of story to uh, Sabre and Osprey with the whole, like, Starr can't get the win. Um, but the the way that he, he explained it on that uh, London show, saying there's one thing that you just can't do, and it's it's just getting to him that you can't beat Walter. Um, that had that emotional connection for me, and like his reaction to losing yet again was just you just see him sitting there in the ring going, I just cannot beat this guy, I just can't, and him having to try and overcome this. Um, this obstacle that you just can't get past is it's gripping to me i can't wait for them to wrestle again just because i, I want to <laughs> see if he can finally do it and i know he won't he's gonna get beaten again but it's just just waiting to see that happen obviously he's got a little bit, a little bit sidetracked with 
massive product and with Ewan Simmons, but that's still bubbling away in the background. They can reintroduce that whenever they want, and I'll be all in on it. Yeah, it's also going to be a unanimous decision here. Uh, I'm also in for Walter David Starr because that 16 carat match was so well built up uh, for like months before and then during the show, and just everything they do in the ring has that story permeating through it. Just all their all their actions and mannerisms and interactions. It it just feels like such an intense battle between the two of them and they work in that size difference really really well and that's the ultimate difference every time is just Walter is bigger and can take more damage and the 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 highlight I really like is that um Star always gets moments where it looks like he's going to win but they're never they never give away like huge near falls it, he he's never almost on the brink of beating Walter he gets closer and closer every time but it still feels like there's a long way to go. Um, and, like the economy of what they're giving away is really strong because they're still having amazing matches, but they're not giving away too much. Like Walter's like kicking out at 2.99 or like being really vulnerable. Like you want to see it come back for more because there is still that wiggle room where Star can get at Walter and do better than before, but still not quite get over the line. Yeah, it does feel like it's still building. <laughs> Like yeah, hasn't and that's so yet. exciting. <laughs> like it, it, they're having amazing matches, but there's still lots of room to grow into, which is <laughs> pretty amazing. Because too often in wrestling, we do just blow through great stories or great matches, and then you have nothing left at the end to show for it. But this one could go for years, yeah, <laughs> and it it's, may very well. That's got to be a, like a sixteen carat final at some point, right? Like yeah. And that's where Star finally gets his win. Maybe not this year, but like next year, I think would be perfect. That'd be good. That'd be good timing for it. So- and then make it even better and just have Volta just beat him again. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, this is finally the moment for Star. <laughs> nope. Nope. You will <laughs> crush your dreams. That also would be excellent. I'd be quite happy with that. So, yeah, so I'm. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with um, uh, the Osprey Saber angle because it has been extremely well crafted by uh, by Andy Q. But uh, that Volta Star thing, it's just the the scale of it is what is astounding. It's just it seems to be something they've planned out years and years. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I uh, as I said, I would have given a slight edge to Osprey uh, Saber, but I have no problem at all with giving it to Star Volta. They, those two were right up there, neck and neck for me. Um, so if you two want to go with that, then um, Feud of Let's the Year 2017, David <laughs> Star versus Volta, and could end up Feud of the Year again next year, um, <laughs> knowing WXW. Um, right, uh, Women's Wrestler of the Year. Um, wrestler who did the best work in Europe as opposed to the European woman who did the best work. Um, last year we gave this to Nixon Newell. Um, this year for me, pretty tight between Ginny and Tony Storm, but I think I'm just giving it the edge to Ginny, uh, to Tony Storm, sorry, because of how much I love that Vesna match. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I've gone for Tony Storm as well because she had the best match with Vesna in Europe. Um, and also just seems to be like a level above everyone else just in terms of like her connection with the audience and like her output of quality in the match um and that 
that's been recognised by her winning all these titles and generally being the focal point of women's divisions all around. Um, and yeah, <laughs> she's a very cool character. You want to see more of her every time, and it's always a pleasure when she when she's over here. She had a four star match with Laura Di Matteo. That's my. That says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> and yeah, I really enjoyed that match too. Um, and weird how LDM had her best match ever and has just disappeared since. That's kind of odd. <laughs> I think um, Millie McKenzie's definitely one to watch out for because her yeah, her I think progress next year she'll have a six months has been astonishing to me um like she's 17 which is ridiculous uh but yeah i can see her being uh up there um sort of 20 uh, by the end of 2018 but uh at the moment tony storm is kind of above everyone else kaylee ray probably deserves a bit of a shout as well um she's had some really good matches with uh what you, you deem like uh, lesser wrestlers i guess um she just has that capacity to to orchestrate a, a storyline in the in the ring, so uh, yeah, she's had a very good year, but not on the same level as, as Tony. I was um, trying to convince myself into making an argument for Vesna, just because <laughs> she is my, she is you my favorite wrestler who I who I have Vesna seen had one match. One of. match, but yeah, she made quite the impression. In she that had one match, match, but she had the best match. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah, Vesna kicked ass. Like. Yeah, I, I want to see more of her, um, and maybe that's on me. Maybe I just need to do more YouTube searching. Um, but yeah, she yeah, she deserves a, a mention, and that's amazing considering we've all seen one match of her. Um, but yeah, Tony Storm, Women's Wrestler of the Year 2017. Um, now for a new category that we haven't done before, um, I, I, it's kind of pulling in a couple of categories all into one, uh, and that's character of the year. Um, so this is encapsulating everything other than ring work. So promos, um, look fitting the character, general aura, and you know just general character work. All of that rolled into one. Um, for me, um, I'm going Zach Gibson on this, um, and he's had an amazing promo for a long time, but he's now got to the point where he's the promo is now different every time and it's the best promo every time <laughs> like and everything he does just all works into this one character it's also coherent it i i think he's amazing and this this is like um an award almost tailor made for him uh, the other guy i thought maybe deserves some consideration was Jern Simmons just because um he's He's done excellently in 2017 in that he's, he's managed to have a consistent character throughout, despite going from face to heel. He's always just been Yearn, and it's dependent on who he's been up against. His, he hasn't like completely changed his character just because he's, he's now friends with the good guys. He's just himself. He's this cocky giant dude who throws people around, and he's excellent at uh, portraying that. But uh, I'd I just put him behind Gibson. Yeah, obviously Gibson's a really good shout for this one. Um, but to go out of left field a bit, I did want to pick someone else. Obviously, if we choose Gibson, I'm not going <laughs> to mind one little bit because he'd be my number two. But I, for this one, I wrote down Ilya Dragunov because, oh, I mean, the entrance itself is just like, it, he has such an aura around him that it just draws you in no matter how good or bad the match is going to be. And then usually it's awesome. Um, but strictly out of a ring, like that character is intense 
um, you want to know more about it, and it it's, was kind of shrouded in secrecy, which they played off of really well. Like, we didn't really know much about him and why he was, like, a part-timer, and that sort of made him cooler as, as a result. And then they finally told that story at the end of the year, uh, in the run-up to his title shot, the anniversary show, with just three, like, amazing, uh, three-part amazing, like, documentary series about him and his, like, real life, and sort of working that into the match, working that into what wrestling means to him. And uh, all of those videos made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just so well-produced. Like, he spoke so eloquently, and, like, some of the quotes he came out with were so inspiring and exciting. It just got you jazzed up for that match and, like, made you feel really gutted for him when he lost. And, like, now they've taken him away. Like, he's taking time off, I believe. Or, like, again, it's kind of shrouded in secrecy. We don't really know if he's just out for good or away. how long he's going to be away for. But it's it's an exciting character because it is... Still, it's sort of both based in that wrestling world where you don't know much about it and also feels very relatable where you can relate to him being a family man and that being the most important thing in his life um, but also being driven to succeed in the ring like it, it has it's the right kind of character to be the ace of a promotion in 2018 I probably thought about this way too much <laughs> so I had, uh, on top of the guys that have already been mentioned I had uh, Martina because uh, she is mm-hmm. old character, there's uh, very little that she actually does do in the ring. Um, it's all about the uh, you know bag of cans with the lads. Uh, I like that she's uh, also endearingly thick, and I don't think that's just um, like a character trait. I think that's just her. But um, she's she's lovely as well. But she's just endearingly thick. Um, I also have Marty Skull down because I I feel like he is. How he has be, uh, gotten like gotten different uh, parts of his character down until it's just it's fine tuned. It feels like it's been worked on for a long time. Um, that has kind of helped him this uh, over the past year because like I don't think his in ring has been anywhere near as good as it was, um, and a lot of that is down to him developing a character that doesn't need to do silly things because he's he's got all the shtick that he can rely on. Um, uh, Dirty Dragon, I had down. <laughs> Love Dirty Dragon. And the one that I think is probably closest to the top is uh, Trent Seven, because he's kind of gone away from uh, busting his neck uh, in every single match to uh, going out there and just being himself, being funny. Uh, he's naturally good at talking in a way that um, I don't think even uh, Zach Gibson's on his level when it comes to like improvising and just coming up with shit. Uh, he's just funny off the cuff. I don't think he plans out a lot of what he does. It's just, it's just good. Um, but yeah, Gibson is a good shout as well. Um, I see what you mean about the evolving promo. Although he does occasionally try and force aspects of the promo onto the crowd instead of doing a different promo for a different crowd. We were talking about that Rev Pro where he, he did the the New Japan stuff, and that was really funny. But then he tried to do the like shoehorn the same promo into WCPW, and it wasn't the right crowd for it. It just felt weird. So for me, Trent's like better at it, but I can see why Gibson would be up there. See, I can't get behind Trent as character of the year because I thought 
through the, the earlier portion of the year, the British Strong Style character was just so inconsistent in progress. Like, mm. they, they went from being like, oh, we're leaving the promotion and gonna sign with WWE and screw you over, and then it kind of just became weird. It got very twee. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they kind of but, lost yeah. all meaning. I get what Arne's saying with Seven's mic work being exemplary. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because, yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys in Britain could learn from him about how to talk <laughs> because he is of a master at it. But, yeah. I don't think you can within learn his, that. I think you're just born with it. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> within his act, though, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to award him anything. Yeah, like I say, I'm fine with uh, with Gibson if uh, that's what everyone else wants. Unless I've swayed anyone with Dragunov. <laughs> Ilya is a very good shout. Like his, you don't. I didn't immediately think of him. In fact, I didn't think of him at all until you brought him up, Ollie. Just because he's not like um, someone you immediately think of when you're thinking of outside ring work stuff. You usually think of guys who are great talkers. But in terms of overall package, he doesn't even really need to talk that much, and you just completely get him as a character. And he maybe invests and like buys in more to his character than anyone else in wrestling. <laughs> Perhaps to the detriment of his health when he's headbutting walls and stuff. But um, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem. They're very different um, kind of uh, reasons why they would win character of the year, but I'd be happy yeah. with either of them. Firstly, Ilya's probably had the better year, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. I, I think Dragunov um, probably is, is stronger at the in-ring than Gibson, so Gibson kind of has to rely a bit more on the stick. But um, yeah, Ilya's entrance alone is just is the best in pro wrestling. And that's um, they were on the same show as uh, like Jern Simmons, who has a fantastic entrance, but I think Ilya's is better. Yeah, I've, we talked ourselves into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Zach, you were you were real close there. You were real, real close. Uh, Ollie was ready to admit defeat, but um, snatched victory from the jaws of it. Um, so, Ilya Dragunov, uh, character of the year, twenty seventeen. Did not expect that one, I, but I think it I'm helps. With it. I think it helps a lot that he's had such a strong year in terms of what he's done in the ring compared to previous years. I think this mm. really has been like Ilya's year. But then I think one informs the other. Like, his strong character makes you care more about his in-ring work. I think the character has led to the in-ring work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's made you more easily invested in his matches, which has then made his matches better, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, final category C award. um, Best import of 2017. Um, The previous two years, um, AJ Styles and Chris Hero have won this, so the... uh, the standard is pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. For me, this is a straight shootout between Matt Riddle and David Starr. Uh, I've only got one name down. It's Riddle. <laughs> uh, same here. <laughs> Undisputed Matt Riddle, because just the impact that he made in such a quick span of time, and again, both in progress and in RevPro and in WXW, he was a big deal and felt like a big deal. Um, and just, yeah, the impact he made with the fans. Obviously, it was in 2016, but it, it, like, near the end of the year. But him being, like, carried into the pub <laughs> kind of set the tone for the rest of it. Obviously, you had your infamous night in Birmingham with Mr. Riddle in January, which I missed out on. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just since then, yeah, <laughs> he's been going mental 
all over Europe. He's conquered I think Europe. I've, I think I've been more invested in the stuff Star's done. Yeah, but like Riddle's sheer like volume of great matches that he's had in Europe this year is ridiculous. Like, um, it, it's almost undeniable uh, that he should be winning this. Um, I just want to run through some his his um, resume for in Europe for this year because it's it's pretty stupid. So we had the the Volta match, um, well all the Volta matches in progress, um, the Shibata match in Rev Pro, um, the OCT match with O'Reilly, which not enough people have seen because that was tremendous. The Ishii match in uh, at the British J Cup, the Cobb match uh, at Super Strong Style. Uh, what else have we got? The yeah, shortcut to the Banks. top. <laughs> two with Travis Banks. The freeway at the Pro Wrestling Show Ali Pali. Uh, the Al Arnie match um, from WXW. He's he's just. All of ambition, which he cleared up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, One minute yeah. match Especially with Bobby, Bobby Guns. Guns match. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> like the Star Mike would Bailey match from OTT as well. Mm-hmm. The Star would be like a very strong contender in pretty much any other year, but I I do agree. I think Riddle has to get the nod here. His top end has been so high. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And not that not that like Star's top end hasn't been so high, yeah. well, but. Both, Riddle. Well, Star's on my match of the year top 10 three times and Riddle's on twice but uh, underneath that Riddle uh, just has it, the aura I guess, like Star's been a big deal in WXW and he's been elsewhere as well, And but WXW is really the only place he's really hung his hat whereas Riddle's just taken over everywhere and done it with such panache that <laughs> it's impossible to not uh, put him up there They've had similar levels of like top tier stuff, but Riddle's just had more because he's just yeah. he's put in a position to have a great match almost every show, and then he does have almost a great match almost every show. Uh, so yeah, import of the year 2017, Matthew Riddle. Following in the footsteps of AJ Styles and Chris Hero, that's that's quite the list. Yeah, that's quite the list. We've been we get to see a lot recently. of really good wrestlers in uh, in the UK and Europe. We do, we do. Um, and that is the end of the Category C award. So um, they're, they're the quick ones out of the way as we're an hour in. Um, <laughs> now for Category B, where the, the arguments are really going to start. So here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. We'll start with promotion of the year. Um, now, what I've, I've asked people, uh, I've asked Ollie and Arne to do beforehand, and obviously myself, um, is to come up with a, a top three ahead of time uh, for this award. Um, so we're going to go through, I'm going to go through what I think of are the obvious candidates. And if they're in your top three, just say yes. If they're not in your top three, remain silent. If you get at least two yeses, then we'll talk about them later. <laughs> um, so, um, progress. Yep. That gets a yes from me. Was that no yes from uh, from Ollie? Not in the top, not in the top three. three. No. 
See, uh, right, but it, it, it's through to the through to the uh, next round of considerations mm -hmm. where o Ollie will be able to argue his case against it. Uh, WXW. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a yes from all of us. Um, RevPro. Yes. yes. Yes from me. Yeah, that's... Uh, OTT. Ooh, no support. Um, Fight Club Pro. Yes. Oh, that's only <laughs> one yes. I've run out and, of slots. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I OTT would have been my number four. I so imagine. basically, I just put Fight Club Pro above Progress, but otherwise, like Progress we've is number agreed. four. So, <laughs> I so think we all pretty much we, have the same. We've list. got our consensus top three then of Progress, yeah. WXW, and Rev Pro. So, um, do we want to give some? Um, uh, Ollie, since you you had um, Fight Club Pro in your top three, do you want to give some uh, honourable mention talk to it? Uh, well, DTTI was a lot of fun. Um, and kind of a way they've built up this year, like, they've become a really big deal from when they weren't a big deal, <laughs> like, barely a year and a half ago. Um, moving from the Starworks, or to the, to the Starworks even, was a necessary move, it's, it's not as good as It's been less venue, than a year, you have to remember this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a hell a of a rise. Um, Death House was amazing. <laughs> um, I won't forget that in a hurry. And yeah, <laughs> that was just so much fun. Obviously, not Rob's cup of tea, but just as a live experience, it was mental. Um, and definitely one of the highlights of the Britress year. Um, it's close to Birmingham, so it's easy to get to, but also paradoxically really difficult to leave. Um, <laughs> it's the Hotel Quite California. <laughs> and yeah, just the aura, I feel. I, I don't know. I It's kind of. 3A and 3B with progress, like, there's not a lot of difference, and just the cut-off point of being top 3 makes me seem like I'm being unjustly harsh to progress, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about them in a sec. Right, so, um, we'll, we'll run through talking about the, the positives and negatives for all three candidates here. No one mentioned where the order that they have them in the list yet. We'll, we'll just run through the, the, the positives and negatives first. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we'll start with progress. Um, for me, this has been Progress's strongest in-ring year of, well, since they've existed. But weirdly, it's also been their worst creative year. So it, it, I really struggled where to place them. Um, they've always had at least one division at, at any time in 2017 that was really delivering strong. The, it started off with um, the tag division was amazing mm. at the start of the year. With First couple of months of... Tag mat. I, if progress had just turned into a tag <laughs> promotion <laughs> during those couple of months, I wouldn't have minded one bit. Yeah, yeah. You had South Pacific Power Trip, Ring Camp, uh, our tag team of the year, um, the Hunter Brothers. Uh, I think War Machine came in pretty early. Um, I see you in there as well. Yeah, the London Riots were were still around at that point. They were they're all having great matches with with each other, um, and I think Mustache Mountain were champions then. Probably, yeah. And they they were having some good matches too. Um, and then through the middle, uh, then through some of the slightly after, we had Osprey having a heel run that for me I absolutely loved that heel run. I thought he delivered almost every time in the ring. Um, I especially loved his match with Mark Andrews, but he he had a really good match with Havoc as well. And at that point, Andrews was also having um, great matches consistently. I loved his match with Strickland. Um, 
then through the middle portion of the year, I thought the Atlas division really delivered some quality, quality stuff. Um, you had Matt Riddle holding the title initially um, and having a series of matches with Volta. I think they had three in progress. They had the, the first one at like chapter 40-something, then the rematch at chapter 51, and then the match in New York. All three of them delivered really strongly. Uh, and then they came back, had the freeway, which was excellent as well, at um, Chase the Sun uh, with Thatcher involved. Thatcher also had a great match to get himself involved in that match with Dijak. Um, so through that whole period, I was loving the Atlas division. Even if the booking, I wasn't a huge fan of, like randomly taking the belt off Riddle and then giving it back to him so we could lose it again to the same person at the big show, which also happened in the tag division, which I thought was mm. particularly bad booking. Um you can maybe get away with it once, but doing it twice for the exact same show was a bit... Eh. Um, and then through the end of the year, um, you had Travis Banks on kind of his, his trial series leading in, which, again, wasn't a big fan of the booking, but the in-ring I thought was amazing, um, leading into him getting the title. Uh, and then through, throughout the end of the year, um, I don't know if... You, you, you guys have probably seen it by now, but uh, that that Gallagher versus Dunn match that kind of came out of nowhere at unboxing, I love that match. That's the most I've ever enjoyed Gallagher. Um, so yeah, they they've pretty much always had great, at least one part of their their card delivering great in ring throughout the whole year, and it's how you weigh that against their poor booking throughout the year. Yeah, I I have um, the issue of. I think Progress has been the best company for in-ring uh, in 2017. I don't think there's another company that's, that's delivered so frequently at their top end. Um, but at the same time, the storytelling hasn't really been that good. Uh, the Travis Banks run obviously feels like a bit of a retread of what happened in, in Fight Club Pro uh, to the point where it's become a bit of a joke amongst the, the fans. Um, but then the matches have been really good, so it's it's kind of swings and roundabouts. Um, so I'm having a hard time, um, mm. like, with Progress's great matches versus WXW's great booking. And I even put up a poll on uh, Twitter a couple of months back because I knew this was going to come up, saying <laughs> which is more important, great matches or great storytelling. And everyone kept replying with both. And I'm like, you don't get both. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess... Oh, the first couple of months of the year for progress, I really enjoyed, um, and I was all in on them. I guess my downswing on them has been just the kind because progress's strong strong hand has always been that like logical long term storytelling, and then they just kind of threw that in the bin in the run up to Super Strong Style and left it there afterwards, um, all the way through to Alexandra Palace and kind of where we are now. Uh, where they're sort of starting to get back into it with the Eddie Dennis stuff, which feels like more more like what I expect progress to be and more of what I like out of it. Um, if that makes any sense. But yeah, in the run-up to Strong Style, they kind of were just having matches for the sake of it. Um, you know, a re revolving door of guys like Kings of the North, Jordan Devlin, Joe Coffey just coming in, coming out, and you didn't really... There was no sense of like a structure to the cards or I, I a structure I still don't understand why they put they got Joe Coffey come in and beat Doug Williams to set up Doug's storyline and then did nothing with <laughs> Joe Coffey 
Uh, and you're seeing it now again with Joe Connors parachuting in to take on Pete Dunne, who equally feels like he doesn't interact with the rest of the card. Like he's just in, he's like in a in an airlock with Joe Connors having matches with him, and it just doesn't feel like it's being informed by anything. And that obviously ties into the other thing which I've had an issue with with progress, and it's the whole WWE thing. Yes, we're going there, <laughs> um, and it's because. Like, it just seems like... Oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of WWE at all, and I the only WWE show I've watched since WrestleMania, which I hate-watched while drunk, <laughs> was Money in the Bank, and that was only to review it with Arn on uh, the Review Reviews podcast. <laughs> so That wasn't a very good show either, I'm sorry about that. WWE has been... It's had a quite historically bad year, and panned throughout, but for QED somehow the owners of progress think that it's amazing and uh like <laughs> they're always saying oh this was really good and that was really good and it's so much fun and isn't everything just really fun and it it doesn't jive with reality and I'm afraid that sort of seeped into my opinion of the product like I know that makes me a bad person but like <laughs> if if I if I know that it's if the product is being informed by a feeling that WWE is amazing and they're bringing in all these WWE UK guys like James Drake, who I don't really have a problem with. He's alright, but it's obvious that he's not on Gibson's level overness-wise um, or interest-wise. And also guys like Joe Connors and it, just the general feeling that this company is behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> in the back room of WWE. And Co-opted. It, it does it does hurt it somewhat in my opinion because I do not like WWE um, or what they're putting out right now. So <laughs> I, I get the general feeling that progress isn't for me right now, um, whereas two years ago it was completely for me. And obviously I'm going to feel a bit left out about that because they... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> getting the tiny violins out. <laughs> So, so yes, the matches are good, but I don't have any investment in them, so they do kind of just wash over me. And you know, another fairly good match doesn't do the same as you know a match that I'm really hyped for and get built up for, and then delivers. Punk rock co-opted wrestling has has really <laughs> been something they've they've struggled with identity wise. And in general, I think they've done a really poor job of integrating the WWE UK guys at first. Because, you know, throughout the middle of the year, pretty much every new guy that they brought in was a WWE UK guy. Coincidence, I think not. Um, yeah, J Joe Connors is such an amazing wrestler, but they never used him in their first five years of existence. <laughs> so, <laughs> Muscle Cat is right there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing a Miracle Violence Connection gimmick. Like, come on! I love Muscle Cats. <laughs> I've, I've turned around on that guy ever since he started team with um, uh, Gabe Kid. That's that's a team. That's a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they've really struggled kind of with their identity for a while, and I think they're getting a bit better about it now. I I have a feeling that 2018 is going to be a better year from them, just because they they seem to have a better feel of of kind of what's going on um, and how to slowly integrate these WWE UK guys in and not just have every new guy be a WWE UK guy. They, they feel like they're freshening up the roster now. And um, Well, 
the the thing I always say with them is that really good at booking show to show when they're doing it in the winter when there isn't a big thing coming up. Mm-hmm. But when they get the blinkers on for Super Strong Style or Brixton or Alexandra Palace, <laughs> the, the 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 general quality of the shows go into the toilet because there was that one chapter where it literally was like a go home rule and they were doing the the, the plant pot interview and the the tag main event where nothing was on the line and no one cared (laughs) it it does literally turn into raw when they're leading into their big shows which is and raw is bad no matter what they want to say raw is bad like they they have their their interviews which you know the interview was kind of fun but it was kind of just everything else on the show where all the big matches the main events finished with interference spots where people walked out their music played the guy turned around and then got beaten uh, on his way to a title shot on a big show um because that's the way to build a match um if you're a big fan of wwe um flipping titles back and forth having short reigns just so they can have the big moment on the big show because um because the big progress shows are about moments, not matches. You know that, right? Oh, wait, no, that's that's WrestleMania. Sorry, my mistake. Um, yeah, pro- progress is... It's been weird this year because all the negative feelings then get kind of combined with... They've also had their best in-ring year, and I don't think many people have disputed that. Um, I wouldn't dispute it either, to be honest. Like, the, the quality of their undercards has gone up a lot yeah. because... They've sort of figured out who is crap and who is good. <laughs> <laughs> They've stopped using the crap people and are only By using Sebastian. the well. I mean, Joe Connors is debatable, but you know, <laughs> at least he's at a level where you can put him on and it doesn't look like a sack of shit. <laughs> like he's 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 perfunctorily good. <laughs> mm, no, I'm not sure I go that far, but <laughs> oh, good, maybe not. He, he's, he's passable. Yeah, <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite Joe Connors matches was the one against uh, Pete Dunne, which I didn't pay any attention to live. But when, when I watched it back, I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually really good." Uh, the consistency of their undercards is is getting to be quite astonishing as well. It used to be progress. You'd watch the the first three matches, and it'd be like, "Eh, yeah, that's okay. Let's let's just have a bit of a laugh and chant and do stuff," and and then it'd start to pick up the match before the interval. But now it's, there's a great deal of consistency. You're going to hit that that three star sort of area straight from the, the get go, and and there'll be peaks as well. So it's it's always been very good uh, twenty since the start of 2017. It's it's been weird for me because I am in general a guy who cares a lot more about match quality than like overall storylines. Because the way I consume wrestling, a lot of the time I am just parachuting in and watching matches. So it's weird for me to say that. I have, this has been Progress's best in-ring year, but it may be a year where I've enjoyed them less. But it, it's it's weird. And I, I think that's actually a good transition across to Rev Pro, because I think this has been Rev Pro's best year storyline-wise, but they've had a bit of an off-year <laughs> yeah. in-ring, especially as they've, a lot of the time, they've kind of been bowing down to, like, the Elite and the Young Bucks, and they're kind of jerk, a couple of their big York Hall shows have ended up being, yeah, being jerk-off shows. Uprising. Because yeah, I don't watch it. Just be a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> there was some like okay stuff on there, like Riddle versus Sabre Junior was really good, um, and you know that that had a storyline going in, and it was good stuff. The stuff that wasn't Bullet Club was really good on that show, <laughs> but then a lot of that that, mm. that show was Bullet Club. You just had Cody in for a random singles match. It was like why? 
Um, yeah. And, it, and it's weird. When they've been able to, like, focus on their storylines, like, at the cockpit, I think they've, they've had a, a tremendous year of cockpit shows. Um, consistently good stuff from, like, top to bottom on almost all shows. Yeah, the I cockpit think shows a... have been really good, and it has reinvented their promotion a little bit, because it, it did have the reputation of you know, you watch Rev Pro four or five times a year and ignore it the rest of the time. But the cockpit shows have been of a consistent quality enough and have told some really good stories, the Eddie Dennis one especially. Um, but it, it's it been worth watching and it's good, like, Sunday morning graps, you know, <laughs> when you're kind of tired slash hungover, <laughs> but you want to watch some wrestling. I think easily also, consumable then. I think they've also done a very good job of slowly introducing the women's division, like building them up through the cockpit shows, mm. giving them the title, not rushing to a title, waiting till they kind of established a couple of people before going to the title. Mm. Dedicating, they've a, yeah, they've done a better job with Ginny than Progress ever did, and she was a Progress original, basically. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and now they they don't feel out of place on the Rev Pro on the York Hall yeah. shows, which is a testament to them because I think it would have been very easy for them to just rush straight in, throw some women on. York Hall shows and them kind of bomb, whereas now they feel like a, a right the right place. I think they, they deserve credit for that. I think they've done a good job with the tag division this year. Um, it's gone from something where, like, for the longest time it was the revolutionists and we were just making uh, jokes about them. But yeah, like waste the space. <laughs> they, they went from um, the Redmond and Grey team, which were kind of like the holdover from the previous era of tag teams it was kind of the tra- they were the but transition it was so the bad break. that they felt like saviors when they got the belts it was like <laughs> oh thank god yeah. a good team's got them and then an actual good team beat them <laughs> then yeah, yeah when, when cck CCK, say, come along. cck coming in felt like a big deal and like the crowd really got up for it um and yeah they've invested in them and but i liked the mustache mountain quickie quickie change too to lead us to uh zsj and suzuki which um you know, it, they got the cool picture, it made some waves around, that's what they wanted. <laughs> I thought it was... I I love tag team wrestling, so I love that they managed over the course of the year to build up the tag team uh, belts from an undercard thing to something that could main event one of their bigger mm. shows Definitely. Uh, at high stakes th- this year. Obviously that's 2018, not 2017, but the, the build came throughout the course of the year. So I think, again, they deserve credit for that. Um, what... Their problem is, uh, their problem has been um, that they've, a couple of their big shows, which have generally been their strong points, they were kind of a, a super show promotion, mm. um, a supercar promotion where they had amazing shows a couple of times a year, gen- generally at York Hall. About half of their York Hall shows haven't delivered this year. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. The their epic encounter delivered. Epic Encounter underdelivered and Uprising underdelivered, and both of them were because they were Bullet Club shows, basically. Mm. Um, now, I really enjoyed Global Wars, although they weren't quite as consistent as shows that they'd previously been, but they peaked really highly. Yeah, they still managed um, to get Keith Lee issue in there. <laughs> and um, Osprey. Um, uh, Osprey Saber Jr., of course. But that wasn't your call. That was Wolfenstone. <laughs> yes, yeah, but I kind of I lumped that in. As you yeah, said, yeah. you really enjoyed the British J Cup, which is another plus for them. Um, high stakes was good, but didn't feel that consequential, really. Mm. Like, 
it was only when I was kind of going back through my list of matches where I was like, oh yeah, Shibata held the belt in Rev Pro this year <laughs> and had an amazing match it, against it Matt It feels Riddle. like a long time ago, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so they've... I think they've set themselves up really well for 2018 if they don't decide to like have some more of their York Hall shows be Bullet Club shows. If it, that's not the case, then I think they've set themselves up really strongly. Zack Sabre Jr. has a really strong The problem is the Bullet really Club shows make now. a lot of money, so they're they going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. again, it, it's, it's similar to Progress, but almost in an opposite way. They've they've um they've had a, a very good year apart from some of their big shows um <laughs> but almost for the opposite reason and for the opposite way to the way we usually think of progress mm. like a few years ago we said yeah progress is the the um the storyline promotion in the uk and rev pros the match quality one well i think progress it, it has, has been a bizarre year certainly <laughs> progress has had the better match quality whereas rev pro i think has had the better stories They've yeah. had simpler <laughs> stories, but they've been more effective. Um, uh, but I, they do get bonus marks for putting Yoshihashi over Pete Dunne like a week after the UK tournament, which it was hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. And I also think, like, if you look at the way they handled the WWE UK guys, Progress made them the fucking... focus of their promotion. Rev Pro ah. went, okay, we're going to stop using you. We're going to use the, the core... Brit rest guys, we're going to use it as a chance to like refresh our roster somewhat. Yeah. And then after like a year, when they went, oh, actually, they are still available. We will use them in a way, but we'll use them in storyline purposes, and we won't just make them the focus of our promotion. We'll we'll use them for a purpose. We'll go right, yeah. come in, have some hype matches against CCK, and then go up and lose the belts to Suzuki Gun. Um, and I I think again Suzuki Gun. They've done a really good job of like making them a feature where they're not just like, and obviously Zach's a big part of that because he's he's kind of been the bridge for them to come in, um, but they they've been a New Japan like faction that that have become a thing in RevPro as opposed to just oh we're bringing in some New Japan guys, no they they feel like a part of the storylines a part of the cards and I've really enjoyed like their kind of takeover and I'm interested to see what happens next there. Yeah, I hope that develops more certainly and like you say the ZSJ link because he is sort of the the feature man of RevPro he's per, like permanent champion basically <laughs> and kind of always in the main event and I, I think he he owns it in that spot for them I think he's really good in that spot but yeah. It does afford them the opportunity to bring in more guys. If that means we get Taka Michinoku in the all call, I'm there. <laughs> That'd be Taka something. is coming, motherfucker. I was say, especially um, if it's uh, that music. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and that leaves us with um, uh, Arn, unless you have anything to else to add for Repro. Uh, I don't really know what you said, so uh, I'll That's just keep still. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, <laughs> Um, that leaves us with um, WXW as the final one. For me, I think they have had the best mix between um, the two. They've had great match quality. They've had um, great in-ring. Maybe they haven't been quite as much great in-ring as, um, as, as Progress, but um, they, they've blended it better than the, those other two promotions we've mentioned. Um, their weakness, and this is kind of a perennial weakness, is that they kind of they peak two times a year from mm. for the sixteen carat and the tag league, 
and then throughout the rest of the year it is definitely at a lower level. But for me, this year it's been less of a problem. I oh, think yeah. their, their feature events throughout the up. year have have been a bit better than usual. And then their shotguns have occasionally featured some really strong matches just kind of out of the blue. That's kind of... They've, they've got far more of a case. They're more consistent throughout the year. They still do peak twice a year, but it's not just... You're not just going, well, WXW was great for the 16 carat, they were great for Tag League, and that's it. I think it's the stuff in the margins for WXW that have put them over the top for me. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, the production is slicker. It's not just filming the show as it happens. They make a lot more edits, they, they cut out dead air, and replace it with slick-looking match graphics. Uh, this ain't the end of me. <laughs> <Love that song. laughs> um, Shout and, out to Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> and like really good pre-match hype promos um, because they have full-time people on contract doing that stuff for a living. So it okay. is naturally Dennis better Birkendall. than... <laughs> yeah, Dennis Workendall is almost like the secret weapon for them because... Um, and also Katia, uh, I think, who does video packages too. Um, they're sort of the secret weapons for them because it makes the show more inherently watchable to me personally because I don't like all the dead air. I don't like how pro some progress shows start off with, with like half an hour of not nothing happening in the ring. Um, like I'm I'm skipping over that stuff anyway. So if it, that's already done for me and it's done in a very slick way that is enjoyable to see, the match graphics are always really cool. Um, that improves my experience of it it makes me want to watch it more um and they do do it they do a really good job of that month to month build where they establish the next big show and make you want to see it and it, like you say the the shows in between 16 carat and uh tag league have been better than they were last year i think what wxw does the best is that they put on so many shows that you can get invested in it in varying levels. Mm. But because there's a shotgun every week, you can actually watch it like it's like some people watch WWE, where you watch the TV and then the TV builds up to the big shows. Uh, but they also have a, an inordinate amount of house shows compared to like every other um, European promotion. So they, they constantly tour. So the, uh, <clears throat> the German people that get to, to see them they'll come to their town and put on a show so you don't even have to like make a pilgrimage to Oberhausen for it it's it comes to you and the like you say the slick uh production values that they've got translate uh to like pretty much every show they put on looks good it doesn't matter where they are if, even though the ones in Oberhausen are like extra special because they get to play around with so much of the uh, the lighting and in, uh, inside the building so they can get to their they, entrances and stuff with the big... Uh, sorry, carry on. They, no, they also have a roster you can't see anywhere else. And I think <laughs> maybe this year more than ever that was apparent in Britain mm. that everyone was everywhere doing kind of the same act or similar acts. Um, whereas in WXW, it's the only place where you can see that core of guys and they're also improving uh, Like as they get more exposure, as they... Uh, get more work like they're improving as well and it's a solid core of young guys there like avalanche um bobby guns jfk like they're all improving over time and they have a, a solid roster there that you can't see anywhere else so it's it's i guess it's more special than um 
just a run-of-the-mill run of, run of the mill Britra show that's filmed as a show, if that makes any sense, because of the production and because it's a different roster. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's just a different experience, nope. and I think it's a more fun experience overall. Progress are the only ones that anywhere close to them in terms of the production that they do. Yeah, well, I think Progress's camera work is excellent, but I don't yeah. like, like, I feel like they could cut out some of the entrances, and obviously there's been the argument they had to replace all their themes with generic ones, and that has spoiled the atmosphere a bit, mm. where I think they could get away with hitting the hitting the real music live and then dubbing it over I've said on this. VOD. With, <laughs> and yeah. it has happened, because they, they did it with uh, Rampage Brain. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> I'm losing my voice already, this is terrible. <laughs> Not even near the big awards yet. We're going to be able to overrule him completely on the air, <laughs> because he won't be able to make his case. Um, yeah. Which of a pro pro, pro ugh, which of a promotion gave the Cerberus Forsyth? I mean, oh. come on, come on. Um, yeah, I get. I guess we should we should now get on to ranking them. Um, did any of the three of you have um, the three of us even uh, have RevPro higher than number three? I put it number two. I didn't have them in an order. I just had three. <laughs> if you were going to order them, where, whereabouts would you rank RevPro? I, I would probably on? put RevPro at three. Yeah, I, I had them at three as well. Um, I just don't... I think while their storylines have been stronger this year, RevPro's bread and butter needs to be the match quality, and they've had a bit mm. of a down year for that. Yeah, so I, 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 agree I don't that. think they've quite had enough um, to get any higher. So are we, we cool with putting them at three overall? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then it's a straight shootout between Progress and RevPro for the number one slot. WXW I think Progress drops. have had a... Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, Progress and WXW for the, the number one slot. Uh, while I have probably enjoyed the matches in Progress a little more than WXW this year, it's been very close match quality-wise. So WXW for me, um, just because of everything else we've talked about, has to be number one. I assume you two agree. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go for WXW number one because four of my top five <laughs> in the t in the match quality um, are WXW matches. Um, like obviously they do sort of go through peaks and trowels, but the the stuff uh, like on Shotgun and stuff is compelling sometimes. Like I, I will dabble in it and in and out of it. Um, and I think yeah, they've they've really stepped up with the production work this year and making their shows like feel more glitzy and more professional and i think that has like, kind of put them over the top for me as well as like providing those engaging characters you can't see anywhere else uh, yeah i came in kind of torn between the match quality of progress and the storytelling of wxw but um the storytelling is very good in wxw it's uh, the investment that i had in uh Ilya dragonoff over carrot weekend is virtually unparalleled to anything that I've experienced in the history of wrestling. So, yeah, it's got to be them. Promotion of the year 2017, Westside Extreme Wrestling, which always sounds weird when said um, spelled <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, WXW, we love you. Um, now, we're moving on to our Best in Europe award and our European Wrestler of the Year. Which one do we want to do first? Up to you, Rob. I think. <laughs> um, okay, we'll we'll go with hmm, we'll go with best in Europe because I think it, it transitions a bit better. Um, now for this one, we're going to be doing a similar system as we start off with promotion of the year, where I run through some guys, and if it gets two yeses, 
um, they get moved on. Um, but this time, um, I've asked people to bring up a top five instead of a top three, because obviously there's quite a few more to choose from, uh, wrestler-wise. So I'll run through some ones that are particularly obvious. Oh, I should say, best in Europe uh, is the wrestler who did the best work in Europe, and not the European who had the best year worldwide. Because um, we do split Th These are the import. This is kind of import, and the other one's export kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imports are eligible on this one. You're right. Um... So I'll run through some obvious names. Um, Volta, yes, yes for me. Yep. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, Matt Riddle. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, Will Ospreay. Yes. yes Are you me. reading my list? <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm reading mine, but out of order to try and uh, trick you guys. Because you're actually hitting um, mine in order. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, Mark Andrews. Yes from me. Oh, poor Mark. Poor Mark. Sorry, that's, Mark. That's, that's saddening. He was he was kind of high up on mine, but um, not high enough that he gets the save. I'll, I'll explain that in a sec. Um, Pete Dunn. Silence. Um, Tyler Bate. Yes, yes. from me. Um, who else? Trent Seven. Chris Brooks. Yes. That's not enough. Um, <laughs> Ilya Dragunov. Yes. Oh wow. Doesn't get no love. Um, are there any other names I have? Uh, I put David Starr down, but I assume you two didn't. <laughs> no, I've got Travis Banks. No, I didn't. No. Um, so out of the names that haven't been mentioned, uh, you are allowed to save your number one. If I, um, I know you haven't ordered them, but if you were to pick a number one. You're allowed to take it forward to the next round. What if our number one's already been picked? <laughs> if your number one's already been picked, then you don't get the save. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, right, so everyone's number one is included in Volta, Matt Riddle, Will Ospreay, and Tyler Bate, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so they're the four we're taking forward um, for to, to try and narrow down a top three from. Uh, so, like in the last one, we'll, we'll kind of run through each guy's case first. Um, We'll start with Tyler Bate. Um, he is a guy who has gone from a guy who we're all like, he is going to be amazing and he's already really good in previous years, to, wow, this guy is amazing. Um, he kicked off the year tremendously with the WWE UK tournament. That was... He, was, he did so much better than I ever thought he would in the WWE UK tournament, they had I him in thought that, he was going to do well. They had him on that photo, and he was like way over on the right-hand side. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's, <laughs> it, yeah, he's, it he's too young for him. The they don't hire anyone under 21 anyway, so like he's he's not going to get anywhere. He'll probably go out in the first round, and then, wow. Him winning felt like such a moment, and it, it just felt Definitely. like... It felt like he was going to be the guy, of what I was not quite sure, but it, <laughs> it felt like a defining moment, and it, it ended up being... Of nothing, basically, because WWE UK didn't turn into a thing, really. Um, but he it felt like a crowning moment. And unfortunately, it didn't quite end up as such. But from that moment on, he became like a big star in the mm -hmm. UK. Um, and to a lesser extent, across the world, because he got great reactions at TakeOver and stuff. Yeah, that, that TakeOver was all about the Dunn-Bait match. And it kind of shows the impact of Britress 
on America, which I think was a big story this year. Like, I think Progress gets a, a little plus because they made such great waves into America. And if you like talk to any American about Britress, they pretty much one to one think of it as Progress. 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 Yeah. Um, I also think uh, since like British strong style has been a touring thing, Tyler Bate has been the the guy who I've enjoyed the most. Yeah, I, I think he has the best that. run in progress. Um, when like when so many of Dunn's matches were getting eating up with like interference and stuff, Bate was able to have really good matches. Um, then he he's had some really good matches as part of Mustache Mountain. He's had some great singles matches. He had that tremendous match that I don't think anywhere near enough people have watched um, from the WWE UK special um, that took place in Norwich against Mark Andrews. I love that match. I didn't see that. Um, go out of your way to watch it. It's <laughs> like 12 minutes and it's amazing. I put it right up there with the, all the Dunn and Bate matches that they had for the WWE UK title. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's had a hell of a year. Um, and hasn't really had that many low points. The low points would be the um, the six mans that he's had as part of British Strong Style for me. But for some reason, in my head, that's been less of an issue for him than it has been for for the other two. And I, I'm not entirely sure why. But for me, it, it just weighs a bit less heavily. What uh, I've been incredibly impressed by, like. Uh the extra things that he's added to his game uh, during 2017 uh, from like the, the boxing stance that he, he started breaking out occasionally um, to the, uh, the bop and bang. And the, the thing that really did it for me was that he was an incredibly accomplished heel and he's never done that before. It was a, a step into the unknown and he was such a cocky prick. Like I, I love it when somebody is able to, to just, change their character without really doing anything other than just being a, a bit of a dick which is um that's what he did um i think most of his best in-ring work um from 2017 was during his heel running in progress although he did outstanding work there but also um really shone uh, in the states when he was wrestling for uh, the wwe um it's been a hell of a year for him really has like in any other year like historically we we gushing about him as uh as the best in in europe i don't think he is but it's it's been another big step up for him i'm just looking at my uh my spreadsheet now and i've, I've stuck a filter on of tyler Bate. but yeah just to run through some um of his great matches that he's had in europe this year because while some of his stuff um particularly two of the, the done matches taking place in NXT on TV and then the takeover stuff aren't eligible for this one. He has had a lot of good stuff um, in the UK. Uh, so we had that, um, the one good British strong style six man at WrestleRama against Cobb, Hanson and Rowe. Um, he had that chapter 50 match, the first match against uh, CCK in progress. That was a great match. Um, he was the best part of King of Trios um for chikara he um had a great match um how strong style versus um simon grim dasha hatfield and mark angelicetti that was a great match and bait was the star of that um then obviously the uk championship tournament match and then the uk special match that i've mentioned so he's, he's got quite a nice diverse um 
series there. And but then he's also had some great work in the. Um, he was one of the highlights of the the strong style tournament for me. Um, I did I wouldn't put his I, I didn't love his work there quite as much as some people, but I know uh, a lot of people really enjoyed his stuff there. Um, so yeah, I think he, he's got a strong case. Um, Ollie, do you have anything to, to add to Bate? Uh, I don't know if I'm high on his, him as you two guys are. Obviously, the WWE UK stuff was excellent, but I, I thought Dunn was maybe a bit more of a star than he was there, and that's kind of shone through with how they've used him since. Um, and yeah, he he was just kind of part of the British Strong Style malaise for me, and that, that did kind of gloss over at a certain point, so he didn't quite stand out as much as uh, he maybe could have if he was on his own. Um, moving on to Osprey, um, now for him, he's had a lot of his great, his best work outside of Europe yeah. this year, but that's almost like just says how good a year he's had in that even, you, you think, oh, most of this stuff's been outside of Europe. You look at the, his like portfolio of stuff from 2017 from Europe, it, it, it does match up with almost everyone. Um... Uh, my spreadsheet is just crashing. Um, so he's got obviously the the Saber Junior match from Global Wars UK. He's got the Progress match with Mark Andrews. Um, he has the <laughs> uh, Josh Bowden match from Epic Encounter. The Josh Bowden match <laughs> from Epic Encounter. The other match with uh, Saber Junior from. Um, Red Pro, the Portsmouth match, um, and then a bunch of other like just quality stuff. I, I, the Strickland match was was that end of last year or beginning of this year in progress? I think end of last year, yeah, twenty sixteen. That one. I, I I think he's he's definitely weaker here than in the European wrestler because obviously he's had some great stuff in so, both so Ring of Honor um, and New Japan. WCPW World Cup that was basically built yeah. completely around oh, yeah. him. <laughs> and then yeah, pretty much. Mentioned that he, he had, he had the four best matches of that tournament. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's had some quality stuff uh, in Europe, and that's kind of a testament to his year, given that he spent like at least half of the year not in Europe. Um, he's arguably the best wrestler in the world at the moment, which is astonishing. He's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I thought um, he was the best wrestler in the world in 2017. Like it was between him and Naito for me. Um, and I think sometimes that gets hidden because he's an idiot on social media. <laughs> he's, he's he doesn't a really do himself any good I wrestler. didn't say it this time. It he's kind of he's kind of stayed quiet for the last couple of months though. Like he hasn't released any uh, Netflix and chill or made any disparaging remarks about people. Uh, he has been so, told to. Um, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's just been out there having great matches. So. He's just been in the ring having bangers, and he's also worked on his look as well. I'm not. Not digging the purple hair, but like <laughs> he's he's become physically larger and like. I think he's uh, he's gotten really good at dealing with hecklers as well. I think it got to him before. Yeah. But um, somebody yelled like "fuck you, Osprey" at a quiet moment at the the Birmingham show, and he just stopped, looked at them, held his heart, and went, "Oh my feelings," and then just <laughs> kind of carried on. So he's gotten better at stuff like that. He's become even more of like a well-rounded wrestler. He's less. Yeah, less, less flippy. Less flippy yeah. <laughs> he, he's still amazing when he wants to do flippy, but yeah. like he doesn't have to now. As it's a, it's a weapon in his arsenal. It's not his entire shtick. And I think he's he's done really good at the the stories um, this year. Like uh, I know I keep going back to it, but that Saber Junior 
Osprey story. It was so simple, but both of them did so, so well. Um, did I forget to give the option of calling out Sabre Jr. earlier? Uh, you might have done. I've got him down. For he, wasn't he, he wasn't on my, on my list. I've got but... him down for the other list. Okay, yeah, yeah same. same. Uh, as long as it, I, <laughs> I didn't completely miss him out and he would have made it. Um, yeah, um, he's he's just had a hell of a year. Um, yeah, and, he's, yeah, he's really grown. Riddle, I think, we, we've already... There's not much... There's, it's basically an identical case as we made for him as we did for the import of the year because, you know, obviously his import work is his work in Europe, so we don't need to rehash over that again other than to say he's just delivered banger after banger after banger, really. It's kind of bizarre that he's had such a high standard as an import, whereas a lot of other imports have come over here. They might have had, like, like one or two really great matches, uh, but a lot of their stuff has just kind of been all right. In particular, I'm thinking of Keith Lee. Like Keith Lee has had a couple of fantastic matches in Europe, but then he's had a, like five or six that were like all right, like Joe Coffey. Uh, he wrestled Dave Mastiff; it was okay. Um, but Matt Riddle is like every time, every time it's great. El Desperado, the El Desperado match. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love really that good. match. <laughs> <laughs> and that's against a a, a no name junior, basically. And then finally, Volta. Um, my God, what a year he's had. Um, yes, some of his stuff has been outside of Europe, but the vast majority has been inside of it. And he's just nailed it from every aspect. Like, great matches. He's got all of them with Star. The Dragonov match, which <laughs> admittedly I'm not as high on as I know you two are, but I, I, it's still a great match to me. He's, he's um, in five of my top ten <laughs> that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> He was like, you don't think of that him that much of a tag team wrestler, but he's been involved in, I think if we'd have ended up doing a top three, he might have been in two of the top three tag teams for us this year yeah. in Europe, <laughs> like it, with his um, team with um, Thatcher and team with Dieter Jr. Um, he's had great storylines that he's been involved in. He's masterfully, like he's eased into a turn in WXW, like, you almost didn't notice he went from heel to face, but he has, and he's it, it, perfect. Um, what a year he's had. Mm. What um, a year. And just all, all the work he does for WXW as well. Like, he's basically the man in charge of what goes on in ring for all their matches. And, and the school as well. <laughs> he, he's shaped that that production and, really and well he's shaping well. the future. He's yeah. training the next, the next lot that we're going to see. Uh, I'm just on cage match at the moment, and I'm looking at Volta's recommended matches. He's got 47. 21 of, <laughs> 21 of them were in 2017. <laughs> it's nearly half. Um, like, Volta's been very good for a long time, but 2017 yeah. was the year that the world kind of took notice, and he got more and more opportunities, and then he also stepped it up a gear. It's, he's been special. Yeah. Um... Right, so we've got four names. We need to narrow it down to a top three. Um, how about we all share our pick for who we would not have in the top three? For me, out of Volta, Riddle, Osprey, and Bait, it's probably Bait. Yeah, I'd say Bait as yeah, well. There we yeah, there we go, consensus. But a good good fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's had a good year, but not quite at the level of the other three. Um, 
Yeah, so the three have just with, been phenomenal, though, so it's, mm-hmm. it's no knock on him. I think, without saying it and wanting to jump the gun, <laughs> can we safely put Volta at one? Yes. Because he's yes. <laughs> my number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's that settled then. Volta gets the best <laughs> in Europe award. So we just need to decide between Riddle and Osprey for two and three. I'd be leaning towards Riddle. Um, I think he's just had a bit more... Which is mm. weird, as Osprey's the European, yeah, but Osprey's been away more than Riddle. Riddle has not been here, so Riddle sort of took over Europe this year, while Osprey took over Japan. So <laughs> and a bit of Australia for a little bit. And a bit weird. of Australia, yeah. Is he <laughs> still moving there? No, no, of course he isn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> were you in uh, agreement there, Arn? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I had it. On my list. Uh, harmony. <laughs> um, Andrews was, was my number three, but uh, didn't even make the, the top four cut. How, poor guy, poor guy. I, th- I, I thought about strong... him, but I couldn't think of a match that he'd had that really blew me away. There's a, he's had a lot of, of very, very good matches, but there's nothing that I've, yeah. been, I've thought like, this is a really fucking incredible Mark Andrews. Yeah, he's, match. he's had a very strong year, but he hasn't taken over like some of those names have. That's fair. That's fair. Um, oh, I've given Volta number one and number two there on the. Yes. The <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, Andrews for me. You haven't seen the the bait match, and that was his strongest match of the year for me. So that that's maybe I, I would implore you to watch that, but it, it's too late now. And also, I love the Osprey match from Progress, but yep. I think I was probably the high man on that. Um, the, the one maybe that could have got in there was the match he had with Mark Haskins when uh, uh, it was like Haskins' first match back after about three oh in OTT yeah, yeah yeah love that yeah that was that, that was awesome. incredible oh, guys guys now now you're starting <laughs> to come around but it's too late um, we can put him in, the, in number five if you want. <laughs> it's only a top three rules are rules um, and now moving across to European Wrestler of the Year. Um, where the past winners were Zack Sabre Jr. and last year Will Ospreay. Um, oh, I, th- I think I forgot to say, uh, past winners for Best in Europe were Will Ospreay the first time we did it, and then Trent Seven last year in an absolute travesty because I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> nah, I didn't have too much of a problem with Seven. He would have probably been around five for me that year. Um, um, you two were just on a Fight Club Pro high after Infinity, though. You got co-opted. Um, so European Wrestler of the Year so quite simply it's the best European year worldwide so Osprey just got in at number 3 um, He's also, he now also includes his work from outside of Europe um, so yeah. <laughs> same system again Osprey, yes yeah. yes uh, Sabre Jr. yes yes uh, yes uh, Volta yes yes Um, Tyler Bate, yes. yes. Uh, Mark Andrews, yes. <laughs> Didn't think so. Sorry, uh, bro. <laughs> Skull? Uh, Dragonov. Yes. Uh, who else am I missing? Banks, maybe? Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, is that everyone? That's my list cleared out. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, we've got a list of five here. We've got Will Ospreay, Volta, ZSJ, Tyler Bay, and Pete Dunn. Um, 
So we'll start with the ones we've just covered then. Um, Tyler Bay, as we said, very similar uh, case, but you can add in his TakeOver match with Pete Dunne and then his NXT TV match, which was actually my favourite of the three with Pete Dunne. Um, those two, you know, definitely add to his resume. Very, very strong matches. Um, Osprey, you add so much by adding Worldwide. He has had some great oh, yeah. matches in Ring of Honor, of all places. Um, <laughs> he had a, that was my first thought. <laughs> like, Punishment Martinez versus Will Osprey <laughs> was a hell of a... Wait, no. No, that didn't happen. Ignore me. Um, <laughs> Jay, <laughs> you just dream- imagined that. Jay, Jay White versus Will Ospreay um, <laughs> was a hell of a match. I'm not sure how I just got Jay White mixed up with Punishment Martinez. Although I they're guess their gimmicks are kind of similar <laughs> yeah, they gimmicks They look similar now, now. yeah. <laughs> um, they're both like perverts. Um, <laughs> creepy perverts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's their gimmicks now, right? That's, that's not me getting it wrong. Um, then obviously New Japan, he has had some fire stuff in, in 2017. Uh, finally got that big win against Kushida. Wasn't in love with the story there, but, you know, you yeah, can't... That's, that's not his fault, really. really he annoying. had some great but matches. His, all his matches against Kushida were really good, and the Super Juniors was probably the best. Mm-hmm. Throughout that Super um, Juniors, he was great throughout that whole... That, that oh, yeah. month, he was just phenomenal. <laughs> he had that great match right at the beginning of the year for the Rev Pro title with Shibata, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was that was like a ten minute just, yeah, <laughs> all out that's, go go that's go. That's when first did that like cartwheel shot. dodge on on the apron. I remember seeing mm-hmm. that spot and thinking, "Whoa!" That's, yeah, that's the first time you see that, it's amazing. Like it, 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 it loses a little the second time because you can kind of see him set up for it, but it's still great. But the first time, that's like wow. Like his his like innovation in his body movement is amazing he, he always has such great varied offense that he consistently changes up his striking which was something that people used to have as a big negative for him this year like that that like nine to five elbow no yeah that decapitation oh, elbow he does decapitator elbow Good the, Lord. Hook, <laughs> the hook kick it's amazing like i think his striking is now a strength for him um, which is saying something because it was something that people would used to rag on. Um, he had some. He's done some great stuff in Oceania, in both New Zealand and Australia, mm-hmm. um, and kind of invigorated that scene somewhat. Like, yes, yeah, we can all kind of groan. People stand up and take notice. We can all kind of like groan and be like, oh, it's like Osprey going, oh, I'm going to move to Australia and I'm going to make this <laughs> scene. <laughs> I'm going to make this scene by myself. I've already done the British scene. Now I can go over there. But like at the same time, while we kind of groaned, that got a great reaction there. And look at that scene. It's gone from strength to strength. It's starting to be recognized more. And you can look at kind of the starting point for that, and it's him. And I'm not giving him, like, full credit for that, because obviously the Australian guys deserve a lot of credit too. But Will Osprey was kind of the spark there, and I think he deserves credit for that. Um, he had a hell of a mania weekend from someone who was there. Like, he was amazing on the WrestleCon Super Show. Pretty much every every match he was in, he was great there, and he was, he was in a series of matches there. Um, yeah, he's had a hell of a year worldwide. Um that um, WCPW I was talking about, I reckon he probably had the five best matches. 
like ever. Uh, I'd I'd throw the Ricochet Drew Galloway one right up there, I but other than that, that yeah, uh, I was there live for that, and it was it's it's, it's still available on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that was a really good match. But other than that, yeah, you, if you you're listing them off, they're pretty much all Osprey matches. Maybe a Kush, maybe like O'Reilly Bailey as well. But yeah, he he was the ace of that promotion while it was a thing. Um, and then finally, Volta, we've already covered. He does add a little bit, though, uh, in that he has had some really good stuff in, like, Evolve and WWN, and also um, some stuff in PWG that was good. Well, yeah, one of, one of them was uh, given five stars when Meltzer the match with uh, Zack Sabre Jr., yeah, but Meltzer five stars in PWG it is like good. three and a half stars anyway. <laughs> it was it, it, good. No, it was a very good match, but it wasn't anywhere close to five stars. I've seen them have way better matches. But it was good. It was very good. That's that's true. I think I went four on it, which is no no um harsh. That, that's a Rob Reed five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, m- me giving four stars to a match maybe more praise than Meltzer giving five at a PWG show. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'd say so. Yeah. Volta, like, his candidacy isn't boosted as much as, like, say, Osprey, but, like, he was so strong just from his European work that he's, mm. you know, he's definitely already up there. He's certainly in contention, yeah. Uh, and Pete, then the two... Pete Dunne's done a lot of, um, like, his best work's been WWE stuff. This yeah. year. Uh, I'd say so, yeah. The, the UK tournament was, like, all about him, him murdering Sam Gradwell and... <laughs> Yeah. His interactions with William Regal, like that, got everyone hyped for the night too, which then delivered a lot more because people had something to invest in. So yeah, pretty much the success of that weekend was pretty much on his performance, and then also he had the great two great matches on the second night. And he uh, appeared on Monday Night Raw and won. So he's clearly in in their plans. <laughs> I, no, like for what? I'm not sure yet. Nobody else can say that for uh, European wrestler of the year contenders. Wait and, wait I suppose and see Neville for the Rumble, will. maybe. If we're considering uh, Neville, then you know, I, I guess he kind of did all right. <laughs> well, until he didn't. Until he left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, tried to leave and is now in a state of limbo. Um, and then the last guy, um, Zack Sabre Jr. He's another guy that is really gets added to from um, his worldwide work. He excellent has been G1 Climax. Excellent G1. Loved his issue match from the G1. Um, he's, he's been really good as Evolve. He's been their champion there. And the promotions kind of ended up being built around him after the, the whole flow sling slam deal collapse. Like... He's kind of been their rock, and he's done a really good job of kind of being the ace there. Um, again, PWG has had some great stuff. He had a great little storyline with Chuck Taylor that culminated in some great matches there. Um, as you said, the Volta match from PWG, um, the Dave Meltzer, five stars, me, four stars. Um, <laughs> um, AAW as well. He had a sensational match with uh, Michael Elgin uh, somewhere around May. Yeah, I didn't um, like that much. Didn't um, you? How can you not, uh, Rob? I, I, it's really weird. I really like Elgin, and I like Sabre a lot of the time, but their chemistry together I've never enjoyed um, pretty much ever. I think I've, I've seen them wrestle like four or five times, and I've never really enjoyed it. 
Uh, that was also good, so ignore Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, he's maybe got the, like, the best diverse case worldwide, because he, it's been in so many promotions, and yeah. he's pretty much delivered everywhere. He, it's not that he hasn't had matches that have disappointed. Um, that has occurred a few times. He's gone... He does still have the tendency to go a bit long every now and again and kind of lose a crowd. (laughs) 40 minutes with Kushida in York Hall. Yeah. And then he had a stupidly long match in um, the WCPW World Cup as well that sent me Mm. to sleep. Um, And the crowd. (laughs) The crowd left. (laughs) Yeah, it was like 11 p.m. when that match ended. (laughs) You could see people just getting up and leaving midway through that one. That wasn't even the main event. Um, But like... There isn't a place he's worked where he hasn't put on some great matches, and that's that's a strength yeah. for him. And he's worked with a, a really wide variety of opponents as well. So, we've got five guys. We need to narrow it down to three. Um, I think the t- out- two are definitely in, and that's Osprey and Sabre. And I'm not mm-hmm. really sure who the third would be. but I would agree. Um, are we all agreed that Osprey and Saber are definitely in the top yes, three? Yes, they're my one and two. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's vote for who would be the one you'd take from the other three. For me, it'd be Volta. Yes, it'd be Volta for me too. Uh, I think I'd kind of take Pete Dunne just because he's he's scaled such incredible highs this year. The fact that he's gotten over in WWE is astonishing like to the, the level that he has. That's quite an accomplishment. Volta for his in-ring would probably be number three, but uh, just picked on just for that alone. Uh, see, the the British strong style stuff soured me too much on Don to put him ahead of Volta. Like, everything I've seen of Volta I have enjoyed, whereas there are significant portions of Dunn's year that I haven't enjoyed. So for me, Volta's has to be it. And you were outvoted like two, two to, to one, one anyway. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I would never Classic argue Brit against Volta anyway. So because uh, <laughs> yeah. he's like your favourite wrestler, isn't he? Um, I guess he's she, but it's close. Yeah, right. So we've got Osprey, Volta, Saber Junior. Um, since the way we did that, you two seem to lean towards Osprey and Saber being one and two. Volta was actually my number two ahead of Saber, but if if your number one and two is Osprey and Saber, I'm fine with putting Volta no, at three. Two to one. <laughs> I'm fine with putting. So Volta locked in at number three. So now yes. we've got a, a straight argument between Saber and Osprey. For me. They've done very comparable amounts of stuff that I thought are great, but I, Saber's done a bit more stuff that I haven't liked mm. compared Saber's, to Osprey. Saber's had times when he hasn't been so good, whereas I think Osprey is more consistently great. <laughs> and that's like very much picking. Like I'm, I think he's Saber's... also had a better New Japan run because Saber's sort of been a bit off and on, and only. He hasn't had I don't think that's really his fault, though. Either. The um, the booking has been very much Suzuki Gunner, so he's been in tags. <laughs> really he has fault. been he has been having to drag Izuka, and well, he literally had to drag Izuka and Taichi t- with to the dome with him. So, mm. <laughs> whereas Osprey gets to cavort with Ishii and Okada, <laughs> it's a really tough choice. Really mm-hmm. tough. Like it's very. It's very fine margins, because I think they've both had amazing years yet again. Um, but for me, 
just because Sabres had like like a handful of matches that I've been disappointed by. And I can't think of a single time I've watched an Osprey match and haven't at least joined, enjoyed it on some level. Yeah, I'd say the same. So that's what pushes Osprey him over one, the Osprey 1, Sabre 2 for me. Yeah, I won't argue with that. Okay, um, so then... Oh, I can't remember if Sabre won last year or Osprey won last year. I think No, this is a repeat it was, win from last year. Yeah, Sabre won the first time we did it, then Osprey won last year. So he's... Okay. <laughs> so and, back and Osprey's to... won a wrestler of the year. One of the two. Every time. <laughs> yeah. and, and I wouldn't be shocked well. if that continued. Well, based on 2018 so far, he's currently won number one for wrestler of the year. Like any, oh, yeah. Anywhere. He's, <laughs> so... he's started off quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, back-to-back European wrestler of the year, Will Osprey. Congratulations, sir. You idiot. Um, yeah, <laughs> get better at Twitter and uh, you'll be perfect. Um, Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Um, and now for the big one, um, cause we're only two hours in, so let's oh, take God, the longest category. <laughs> um, this one's European match of the year. Um, so this, to, to, we'll go 10 to one on our lists. For no, this, no, 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 we're doing, the, we're doing the, the cut down thing. <laughs> okay. Again. Um, right. So what was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah. Um, the a match counts towards this if a it took place in a European promotion, so Progress's American shows do count, or uh, it took place in a, a foreign promotion, but the match took place in the UK. So Ring of Honor's UK tour counts, um, WWE UK counts, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not voting for WWE UK stuff. It's not no. Yeah, okay, your your choice. <laughs> um, so I've, I've asked both guys to come up with top 10 list, and we're going to try and narrow it down to a top 5. So, going to run through some very obvious ones. Dragonov Volta. Yes. Yes. Um, South Pacific Power Trip versus Rinkamp. Yes. Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay from Global Wars UK. Yes. Oh come on, <laughs> come on! Well, it's my number. It's my number one. So we get safe anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I am disappointed at how that's going to do overall. Um, Tyler Vate versus Mark Andrews from the WWE UK isn't going to do anything. Uh, massive, massive product versus A4 from World Tag Team League. Yes. No? This is a very oh. Rob-centric list so far. See, I'm just reeling off the best matches of the year, guys. I don't know. I don't know what you you you're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle versus Volta from Chapter Fifty One. Yes. Yes. What else? You guys are never gonna yes that one. You got it. Mark <laughs> Andrews versus Osprey from Chapter Forty Five. Yes. Oh, sad times. Um... <laughs> Hunter Brothers versus Ring Camp from Chapter Forty Five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Um, Matt Riddle versus Volta from Progress New York. Yes. 
Uh, um, <laughs> Riddle versus Shibata from High Stakes. Yes. Yeah. There we go. There okay. we go. Um, that's my list out. So if you guys want to start throwing some of your... Uh, out. Oh, both uh, Walter versus it's... David Starr. Uh, the one from 16 Carat and the one from London. Uh, yes to the London one. Okay. Oh, really? Uh, That's interesting. I prefer the 16 Carat, but neither is on my top 10. So uh, the London... Riddle versus Jeff Cole yes. from <clears throat> Progress. Super strong style. Yes, for me as well. <laughs> um, how it's about Keith Lee versus Ishii? Yes. That, that is on mine. Also, Sekimoto versus Keith Lee. See, that just missed out for me. And Arn hasn't seen it, has he? I, no, I have seen it. Uh, I had the oh, it's on tape now, isn't it? Um, thing over Eve Christmas, and it was on their demand, so I've seen it. Oh, I didn't have it in the top ten, though. Okay. Yeah, so Ishii Lee's on. Uh, Ring Camp versus Massive Product, World Tag League Final. No. <laughs> um, and this one definitely won't be on, but I put it on anyway. Kaylee Ray and Nixon Newell versus CCK from Fight Club Pro. That was number 10 for me. It, it was on my <laughs> super long list, but not on the short list. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got one, two, three, four, five. Oh, um, does anyone, has anyone's number one, I don't think it has, but been missed out? No. No. So what? ZSJ versus Osprey's mine, so that's made it. The um, highest number that isn't in for me is five. Six, seven. We've got eight at the moment, and we're doing a top five, so that's, that's what we're going with, unless... Okay. Does anyone want to make a case to their number two? See if they can, like, persuade someone? Or it... Star 16 Carat was fucking cool. <laughs> That's not the case. I did really like that match, so I don't... Chuck it on, Rob. Is it gonna... Mm... I guess if we've already got the London one on, we've... then it's okay. Yeah, if we've already got the London one on, we'll, we'll just stick that one on as its representation. Because I thought they were very similar levels. I did slightly prefer the 16 yeah. carat, but I'm fine with just the London one making it. So, we've got our top eight match of the year. Um, what a weird list. Uh, Ilya Dragunov <laughs> versus Volta. South Pacific Power Trip versus Ring Camp. That's Volta and Dieter Jr. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. Matt Riddle versus uh, Volta from Chapter 51. Um, which is the second best match in their series. Um, <laughs> Matt Riddle versus Shibata from High Stakes. Matt Riddle, uh, David Starr versus Volta from London. Um, Matt Riddle versus Jeff Cobb from the Super Strong Style 16, and Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii. So, is there any match there that you think doesn't belong at all? No, I think no, I enjoyed all those tremendously. <laughs> For me, I went four star plus on every match there, apart from Keith Lee versus Ishii. Oh, don't start on that shit, Rob. We had this at the time. <laughs> but I know you. I know you love it, Ollie. How high are you on that match? Uh, I really liked it. I put it number seven on my list, so not in the top half. I wouldn't fight for it to be in the top five. Uh. <laughs> I, I read start. an article. Um, I can't remember who wrote it now. It was in the the Wrestle Talk magazine. But it, uh, a guy defines his fandom as like being before and after that match. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that much of a defining point in his life. Let, let's start locking up matches in the top five. I think that's probably a good way to go about this then. Um, so do you guys have your, your list ordered? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so um, let's say if, it, if if a match is in the top three for more than two people, then it's definitely in the top five. That seems yeah, reasonable. Definitely. Uh, I'm guessing Dragonoff Volta is. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> see, I don't know what you guys have that high other than that. Uh, I have ZSJ Osprey B2. 